Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports. A lot going on, as, as usual. Uh, Bill will be joining us a little later in the show. Uh, he's busy uh, teaching a class right now. But I have our other co-host, Aaron Mathewson, in the house. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Jamal. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, we'll also have Donovan Dooley, a Roden Fellow alum and North Carolina A&T grad, coming up later to talk... Uh, um, all things NBA trade deadline. There are a bunch of trades that went it's off big. yesterday. So, so Donovan and I will talk about that, and Aaron will will uh, chime in. Yes. I'm sure. Is that is that the case? Yes. All right. That's accurate. Um, so, we'll, so we'll talk to him in about ten minutes. But um, you know, among the things that's going on, obviously, uh, still, you know, Kobe is still at the forefront. You know, of everybody's minds, hearts, and minds. Um, and this, and with that comes, you know, inevitable controversy. One thing that happened over the last couple of days was a friend of the show, Gail King's interview with Lisa Leslie that aired on CBS, uh, what is it called? CBS Morning? CBS This Morning. CBS This Morning. And that got a lot of feedback. She got a lot of feedback from that, to say the least. Yes. Um, you saw, you saw the interview. Right? I did. I saw the, it was, it, I recommend everyone seeing the full interview, not just the clip online. Well, and that's what she said. Yeah. Because she received a whole lot of flack. She well, did. well, I guess depending on who you are. Right. Because, um, but she, but, but yes, yeah, she received a lot of flack from, you know, a certain segment of the population. Uh, seem, you know, black. It was basically a lot, mostly black people who gave her a lot of flack. Mm. Um, black men, in particular. Right. Um, from from celebrity Snoop. Right. Possibly. Snoop, Snoop went at her hard. Uh, Boosie. Boosie. I mean, yeah, a lot of people went at her hard. Friends Possibly of, Bill Cosby. Not uh, sure. Bill Cosby, maybe. <laughs> On Twitter. <laughs> Cosby may have came at her. Um, you know, our friends, I got friends who, who came at her. Um, and, you know, you know I, saw the, I saw the clip. And, you know, for the most part, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with, with, you know, I definitely don't have a problem with her bringing up uh, – the, the charges with Lisa Leslie. I mean, that's part of, and we said this last week, that's part of Kobe Bryant's story. Like it or not, it the, it happened. It was a serious situation. Right. Um, you know, yes, I am, you know, I argued, you know, on different shows and, and this podcast that I thought it was a little, you know, it was a little harsh for people to bring it up right away. Uh, and act as if that's his whole story, and you know, right. act as if nobody else, nobody's bringing this part up. When I felt like, you know, responsible journalists were bringing it up, and it, you know, not it just wasn't maybe not in the first paragraph. It might have been in the fourth paragraph right. or something. But it's part of his story, so I I had no problem with with uh, Gail King bringing it up as as she, uh, you know, it's her responsibility. There was there was one part of the interview, and it was like Gail complained about. She said, "Watch the whole." Right. The whole uh, interview, which I have not. I I only saw the clip at this point. And, you know, I mean, whether it was taken out of context or not, I did have a little issue when she pushed back on when she asked Lisa Leslie, you know, whether, you know, whether the uh, the harass, I mean, the rape charge complicated uh, her her feelings about Kobe or not. And Lisa Leslie said, no, not at all. 
um, you know, I knew, you know, I knew him, I hung out with him and he just, he, you know, he was a great guy to me. And I, you know, I, when I interacted with him, I never saw any of those type of tendencies. And then she came, kind of went back at, at Lisa Leslie and said, well, Lisa, you wouldn't know, like, he, you know, he wouldn't show you that side of him. That kind of bothered me a little bit yeah. the way she went at that, but that's just, you know, because I'm, I feel like Lisa is telling you she's she's giving him a character reference. Right. Like, like I, I wouldn't push back on her how she feels about him, but that's to me was a small enough. You know, it was just like okay, I, maybe I disagree with her doing that, but her bringing up uh, the charges and asking her about it is fine with me. And and then the blowback that she got from Snoop and everybody else was just over the top to me. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I let's see. About the, when she pushed back on, I think it's interesting you mentioned that about, interesting, uh, Bill Roden hates that word. Um, <laughs> uh, you brought up a, a point of view I had not considered when you said uh, the, how she kind of pushed back on Lisa. I, I felt like she kind of brought up a good point. Like, you are a good friend of Kobe Bryant. Maybe you would not have seen, a net, like, this side, like, do you, have you seen all the sides of him? Except, you know, she, she's a good friend. Um, I thought... I was really surprised. Okay, two things. I don't, I, I kind of, I feel like Gail King was kind I don't know if she was set up to fail, but there was no way to win in this situation. Um, people would be mad if she didn't bring up the sexual assault uh, accusation and people were going to be mad if she did. Right. It is a lightning rod topic, which is why we're talking about it at all. Right. So I understand why CBS chose to, like kind of use that one as the uh, as the clip. I actually didn't see the clip. I just saw, I saw the full interview. I didn't right. see that they posted the clip. But I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's what you do right. on social media. You post the hottest thing that's going to get eye clicks. Right. Um, I guess in this case, because it's so contentious, because it uh, people feel very strongly either way, either bring it up, don't bring it up. That um, that's why there's been this kind of call for context. And I keep, you know, I'm, I heard uh, Charlemagne the God talking about um, why bring it up now. Mm-hmm. Well, because she, like you said, it's part of his story and right. she's a journalist. She's just being a journalist. Right. Um, well, and she I, has to, that's the part. Like, I get, if you, if you don't like her tone or whatever, which is, I mean, I just have to be honest. It did at the, at the moment, the part I, ta- I told you about, it did strike me some kind of way. Like, you know, I felt like Lisa Leslie's telling you her story so kind of pushing back at her to to kind of admit that yeah. you know she may be wrong about him you know that that kind of hit me you know struck a chord yeah. but not to the point where i thought that she shouldn't it shouldn't be brought up I mean, right it has to be brought up and if anybody i mean i actually watch cbs this morning regularly cbs that show did a really great job of covering kobe's tragic death like they they interviewed so many different people from his childhood to now um and Gail King, I mean, there was nothing about her that felt unfair. If anything, she was super glowing of Kobe. Like right. any, every time, you know, she called it, um, they, you know, she called his life complicated. That's how she kind of refers to the accusation. Every time that came up, she was always kind of like, you know, she doesn't dwell on it. She's not harping on it. Like people, like if you watch her in the fullness, like she's not anti-Kobe or anything like that. And I, and I don't, I mean, I don't know uh, Gail personally at all but when people say she hates black men she knows you know what the only thing i've ever seen gail say is she's anti-cheating 
I've never heard her say nothing, anything bad about men right. or, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've seen her hanging around black men all the time. Hey. Like, honestly, like, like you know. Not, like, Get it, Gail. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I don't, yeah, I don't buy it. Like, she's been on the show before. She was great. We talked about, I remember with the show she was on, we were talking about uh, Sandra Bland. Yeah. And we were having all these these uh, conversations about what was going on at the time. Um, and, you know, so I like Gail King a lot. Like, I have no no issue with her. And, yeah, of course, you you would have disagreements with anybody, you know? Like, you're not going to agree with everything somebody says or believes. So I get that. It's just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a black man. And so I get some of, you know, I get the resentment that people feel. I get the defensiveness yeah. that people feel. Like, oh, well, you know, why, why is it just black men being attacked? This is what I hear a lot from friends of mine even. Like, you know, it's all black men. Like, how come Oprah went after Michael Jackson, but she's not going after Harvey Weinstein? And how come, you know, R. Kelly, how come it's R. Kelly and Michael Jackson are in jail, you know, and Cosby are in jail and Weinstein's not in jail? I'm like, well, he's, he's trial. On, on, like, you know, he might we'll be on see. his way. <laughs> yeah, but, like I would assume he's going to jail. Right. I hope, but he, you never know. I mean, there's six but women and he's but, got a trial in L.A. Right, but that's part of it. So I'm like, you know, what, how do... Like, how do we address that? Because also another interesting thing I get, um, I've heard from from black men, and I can't deny it, is the whole thing about, oh, well, you know, think of the hit, you know, think back of the history of all the black men that were like in prison because of uh, false uh, rape allegations from not just in prison, but killed, right. you know, like, you know, Emmett Till, false right. uh, allegations from white women. So there's a history involved here. But but this is, but it's not necessarily false. She just didn't testify, and so that's to me that's it's different than calling it a false accusation. It just didn't. They just decided not to litigate. But also, and of course, I I am with you. Sorry, I just jumped no, in. No, yeah. I mean, I, this okay. So this morning, uh, Danielle Cadet. She used to be at the Undefeated. Now she's at Refinery Twenty Nine. Danielle, you're awesome. She tweeted. I just don't. She said something basically like. Uh, the blackmail legacy is not as fragile as we all treat it. Right. And I, I think about that because I totally understand. Um, totally. I'm not a, I'm not a black man, but I am so compassionate to uh, black men who have been accused by white women, especially of rape and how that has really just ruined lives of both people. Um, and, you know, and the black men especially often end up in jail or hurt or their lives are just never the same. And Kobe managed to redeem himself. He has, he had a family, he had a great career. And, um, I just think even if you bring up the sexual assault accusation, you, there's no way you can't also talk about everything else that he's done. Like there's just so much more also to talk about. It's like, and it's like, you're not hurting. Kobe did not go to jail. He was able to have a great career. Like, it's, it's okay. He's, his legacy is going to be okay. Yeah, and I also think, you know, it's, a, it's complicated discussing it because, um, you know, I've in a, like when I've talked about it, I've tried to, I guess, in, almost unintentionally, I guess, downplay the actual incident. Well, when I'll say things like, well, he was young, um, you know, it was just one time. Yeah. You know, my sister kind of called me out on it. Uh, you know, like good job, Jamal's like she was sister. Like, she was like, I don't care if it's one rape or four rapes. You know, yeah. like it's still bad, and, I'm, and and that that is true. Um, but really, what I'm trying to say is what you said. Like what he's done. You know, the the entire scope of his life. You know, I would hate, and we, and you know, I would hate for something I did in my 20s to completely define me. Right. And especially when 
you know, and this is another thing where you, where you get in trouble. Like, am I, I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's a fact that it was it never was completely adjudicated. Like, right. we don't really know. We don't really know what happened, and that's that's dangerous to say in itself, right? Because when you say that, then you're like, oh, you don't believe the accuser. No, oh. I'm not saying that. Yeah, no, you just don't know what happened. But that's just a like a fact, you know. Right. I just. I believe, I know not everybody feels this way, I felt like Kobe's apology was quite profound, even uh, in the context of the Me Too era. He actually acknowledged that he thought something was consensual that she did not. And he apologized to her, and he did not... I mean, there was a whole... You know, there was... Some stuff happened definitely before where she, I think, was kind of painted as uh, maybe mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how much of that is true. But I will say he apologized, and... I thought that was actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't, how do I say this? I, I, I think rapists should be punished. Uh, if I hope that he, that, that that's not what happened. Um, and I'm glad he was able to, more than that, I'm glad he was able to move on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want to see. If people make mistakes, if they're able to apologize and everybody's able to come to, um, a shared con- conclusion of how to handle it, a settlement. I want everybody to be able to prosper afterwards. I don't want anybody to suffer. And I hope the survivor is okay. And I'm glad that Kobe was able to to revamp his career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what you want. Right. 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 I mean, you know, this, we could talk about this forever. I'm sure we'll, we'll, get, we'll come back to this conversation, uh, you know, uh, but no. I appreciate how, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, Jamal, mm-hmm. and I appreciate how you've been thinking about it and how you've been even questioning your own, um, you've made me sh- question my thoughts and, and I'm glad that you are like, I feel like I love, I like how this conversation is evolving to be quite honest. Cause it, yeah. Right. And I think, I think it's better to have these type of conversations than, than, uh, you know, just wild out like Snoop and, uh, and just attack, attack, you know, like, ruthlessly attacked but i but but it's you know it's coming from and i don't agree with where he's coming from but it's coming he i guess he is feeling he as a black man and as a kobe defender right is feeling ruthlessly i guess ruthlessly attacked by you know himself but i think come on we gotta um you know it's much deeper than that you know it's it's bigger than kobe and it's bigger than a meme yeah you know you know you know uh gail king and oprah even oprah like they're bigger than a meme. They're, they're much more um, complex than some meme can tell you. Just because they have a picture, uh, they've been in pictures with Harvey Weinstein doesn't mean they're, so, they're supporting right. Harvey Weinstein. Come on. Okay, so we should just chill out a little bit with that, at least. Right. No, it is. It's it's a much bigger like how to talk about sexual assault with somebody that you respect, mm-hmm. um, or an accusation. Sorry, and and how you know I, f- I can imagine it's very triggering for black men especially if you've ever been accused of something that right. you feel you, you say you didn't do which is like always yeah so <laughs> i can i mean this is probably like oh my god but like it's right. not that it, you don't want to censor people but you want them to have educated conversations and right. compassionate conversations right well we will we'll continue this conversation maybe i uh, will talk to bill a little bit about it later on um, there was real uh, sports news yesterday. That's why Donovan's on. <laughs> we got we got Donovan Dooley in the house, uh, Roden fellow alum, North Carolina A and T grad, Aggie pride like myself, uh, ESPN contributor, yeah, Heavy yeah, com. Yes, yes, uh, TrueBull.com uh, uh, founder and creator. Is that true? Yes, sir. All right, he did it while he was a Roden fellow. Good stuff. Good stuff. So Donovan, let's talk sports. Let's talk. Uh, 
NBA. Yeah, I want to know what you guys think about the what, all the trade deadlines, especially uh, D'Angelo yeah. and Carl Anthony Towns. So yeah, give right. me give me your, like what 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 stood out to you the most about uh, you know the the uh, trade deadline stuff. Um, I think honestly, what stood out the most to me about the trade deadline, I think it was a it was a myriad of different things, but especially the the Timberwolves trade. Mm. Um, you know, I just think it's really interesting where D'Lo kind of falls in all of this. You know, this is like I don't know if it's like his third time being traded, like in as many years or something close to that. Right. But you know, he's like he's a star. He's a he's a perennial NBA NBA star that just can't seem to find can't seem to find a home like and I, I don't know what what that is or why why teams and why organizations really want to shy away from D'Lo or is his trade value so high that everybody wants him you know it's kind of that's kind of more of the interesting story story to me and you know pairing him with Towns you know you, you get you bring somebody in there like D'Lo who can be a ball handler who can be a facilitator who can also score it and you pair him along with a guy like Towns who right. And a lot of NBA circles is viewed as a player with so much talent, but just doesn't seem to have that it factor. You know, it just doesn't seem to have that ability to go out there and lead a team to, to prominence. So I'm right. interested to see what that combination is going to do. I'm interested to see what that duo will, will accomplish in Minnesota. And obviously it's probably like the biggest, probably the biggest storyline being Andre Iguodala going right. to uh, Miami after his little mini feud with, <laughs> the Grizzlies, if you right. if you want to call. Can you it guys that. talk on that um, real quick? What happened? I missed it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah Iguodala. Okay. You know, Iguodala has been sitting out um, the entire season, pretty much, because he was in, he was involved in a, in the uh, Golden State trade. Um, I forget which which trade he was involved in. Do you remember that? He was involved. It was it had something to do with. Um, I, I, yeah. don't give me, don't give me. Yeah, line, it was crazy. It was like one of those three, yeah, four team yeah. trades. He ends up. It was in, like a three, four team trade. Yeah. yeah, it was probably KD deal. I want to say, right. yeah, a three, four team deal or something like that. Right. Yeah. So he ends up in Memphis. Memphis, obviously not a contender. They're a young team. On you know, on the come up, uh, John Morant, rookie, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a second year player. They're trying to build around those guys. Okay. So he's basically. You know, he sat out the season with the understanding that the team was going to try to trade him to a contender. Right. Okay. So it comes, you know, uh, the trade deadlines coming up, and I guess reporters are asking, you know, Morant, you know, about Iguodala, and you know, you know, what's up with him? You know, is he going to get traded? Would you like if? Wouldn't you rather if he played for you guys or whatever? Right. And they're like, oh. yeah, it's actually Dylan Brooks, yeah, yeah, Dylan, yeah, yeah Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Um, and he's like, yo, <laughs> he's like, if he doesn't, basically, they're like, if he doesn't want to play with us, fine, we can't wait till he gets traded, and we, and we can bust his, you know, butt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it, was okay. just, it wasn't really anything real. But I get it. I get where they're coming from because they kind of feel dissed that this old, the old, this veteran doesn't think enough of them to want to play with them, and they're not a contender. Meanwhile, you know, he just wants to play with a contender. But on his side, of course, he does. He, you know, he's thirty-six years old. Yeah. Um, You know, he wants another chance at a title. Memphis is not quite there yet. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? What do you you think about him going to Miami? I'm a. You know, he's like I said, he's thirty-six. I'm not convinced of how much he has left, like how big a difference that's going to make for Miami. But what do you think? Hmm. Right. Um, I think Miami is an interesting situation for him. I think Iguodala is somebody that's going to fit into the culture there mm-hmm. extremely well. You know, somebody like we talk about Iguodala, you got somebody that's highly intelligent, you know, and just has a great basketball acumen, but is also an extremely hard worker and is going to be able to put himself in the position to help his team win 
um, by any means necessary, by any cost. Right. You know, um, the only thing about the Heat that I feel like I just, you know, they're 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 second or third in the East right now. In the East right now, um, you know, they're a great regular season team to me. But I'm just very mm-hmm. very skeptical of how those pieces are going to come together in the playoffs. You know, I, like I know Jimmy Butler is somebody they can go to down the stretch. I just don't, I'm just not sure about these young guys. I know the young guys are tough. I know they're tough minded. I know Bam Adebayo is a baller. He's going to be a first time all-star this year. You know, Tyler Hero is somebody that's fearless, but I just, I'm just not really sold on them as being a real playoff contender and a real threat to Milwaukee, you know, as somebody in the East, I really just don't see them getting over that hump. I just don't know how much pure and raw talent they have to be able to do that yet. You know, I think they need another superstar. I think they need somebody else that's going to be able to tip the scales a little bit for them. They just don't have that right now. And until they get that piece, um, I think we're going to, have, we're going to keep having the same conversation about the heat, even with Iguodala, you know, just a really good regular season team that can stack a lot of wins, you know, but when, the game slows down in the playoffs and when you got when you need players to go out there and make plays and Jimmy can't do it all right you know and we're going to see if those guys can step up yeah I agree I you know I think see they're they're right in that middle of the pack because you know I, I think they could they I think their ceiling was the same you know was the same as it is right now even with Iguodala I think their ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals yeah um, because I don't and and you can say that about a lot of teams because because you got the Raptors Boston Miami uh, Indiana and 76ers any you know they're all grouped together right now and they're like a few steps behind Milwaukee so Milwaukee's the clear front runner they're 44 and 7 you know what I'm saying they're not playing around this year right um you know people are worried exactly. about them in the playoffs but you know Miami's right there with everybody else. They're right there with Toronto. They're right there with Boston. They're right there with Philly. Philly hasn't really uh, stepped up to the to the level that we all thought they would. Um, so I, you know, I give them a chance to to be the best out of those teams. But I don't think like I agree with you. What they've done with Iguodala and Crowder, um, they were trying to get Gallinari, couldn't pull that off. Even that, I'm not sure would have been enough uh, to you know to put them on Milwaukee's level. Um, so we'll see. Like you said, I think they need, you know, they need what everybody's been saying they need it all along is, a, is one more real uh, legitimate star to put yeah, next, like to, put next to Butler. Yeah, like a real bucket getter. Yeah. Right. No question about it. You know, just, yeah, but, just a legitimate bucket getter. Like, I, honestly, it's like because, you know, basketball is an, interesting, is an interesting sport because it's not like football. Like, you obviously coaches can play, play a, a huge role in basketball, but not to the level that it can in other sports such as football you know, where you can implement strategies and try to take certain players out of the game. Like in basketball, if you just got a couple of guys that can go out there and just get buckets, then you're going to be, you're going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to have an advantage, no doubt about it. And so when I'm looking at the Heat, I just don't know if I get, I just don't know who I can roll the ball out to and say, you know, we need a bucket right now. Right. Go and get me a bucket to stop this run. Go and get me a bucket to stop the bleeding right now. And the only player I can see that can really do that for them is Jimmy Butler. I mean, Kendrick Nunn has been, you know, exceptional for them throughout this season and his rookie season. Right. Tyler but Hero has I'm, been good. I'm not, yeah, like I'm not, sold on, I'm not sold on him, especially when it comes to clutch performances and then the playoffs. So there's still just a lot to be determined about that Heat team. Let me bring you back. You know, you mentioned the D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell was traded from Golden State. 
uh, he, and he just got to Golden State from Brooklyn. I saw him in Brooklyn when Golden State played a couple days ago. I think it was uh, Wednesday. Um, and, you know, he, all of the Brooklyn people welcoming him, welcome, welcoming him back. Um, you know, we're glad to see him. And then he gets traded the next day again, uh, this time to Minnesota. But in return, Golden State gets another player that, you know, people can't quite figure out over the years, and Andrew Wiggins, all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't quite, you know, he hasn't put it together to, to the extent that people thought, but he's a, still, he's 24 years old, mm. great athlete. I think when you look at their stats, you know, he has pretty much identical stats to D'Angelo Russell. I think they both get like 23 a game, you know, stuff like that. He Now he goes to a, right. a, a Golden State situation where you're going to have, at least for next year, you have Steph, Clay, you, you think you pretty much put Wiggins at that three. Mm. You have Draymond, and then they have, they're probably going to have a, I mean, they, they might have the number one pick for all we know. They're, they're the worst team in the league right now. Right. And they might, they get, they might end up with Wiseman. They might, you know, they might mm. have like a Wiseman or something like that in the draft. That's, that's right, pretty. Right, or LaMelo Ball. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty formidable. Um, what do you think about Wiggins and mm. how, you know, do you think, how do you think he fits in in Golden State? Wiggins is always, is always, like you said, Wiggins has always been an interesting um, NBA character, an NBA, you know, um, archetype. Because, you know, for me, it's like this guy could be a superstar, like a perennial superstar, but he plays almost like just he just plays above average. Just like you know, this is what I'm gonna do. Right. Um, I'm gonna do this. Now I'm gonna go home. You know, what I mean, I'm gonna get you 20, and then I'm gonna go to the crib. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, if Golden State can unlock his potential, if he gets around guys like Draymond, you know, like Steph, like Clay, even though they're more laid back, they might be able to push him in a way that can unlock his talent and will also open his game up more than just playing where he was playing in Minnesota when you just had towns there and people could, you know, compact the paint make Wiggins into, you right. know, a one-dimensional three-point shooter, right. not let him get to the cup, not let him do what he's really most gifted at, which is being, you know, a playmaker, you know, and getting buckets, like, and getting buckets in a myriad of ways. If Golden State can unlock that potential in him, I think this is something that we will be able to work. The key thing is, though, what motivates Andrew Wiggins? No one has been able to figure that out in his entire NBA career. Hmm. And so figuring out what's going to be able to motivate Wiggins to take his game to the next level is going to be the difference between, you know, Golden State becoming a championship contender again or them just falling by the wayside and being content with the dynasty they already have. Yeah, and you talk about Wiggins being motivated. I don't know, if you can't get motivated, you know, being in Golden State next to, next to Hall of Famers, at least two, right? Maybe maybe three. You know, right. uh, Hall of Famers. And then you made a great point about, you know, it's, this opens the game up for Wiggins. Like it's not the same as being in Minnesota where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, easy. You know, obviously, you know, the first or second option. Now he's like, who? Like the fourth option, third or fourth option, in a in a right. system with all that space and all those exactly. Hall of Famers that you have to respect. So his athletic ability and his actual raw talent could take on a whole new level because, you know, he's going to have all this space to work with, you know, people, better passers he's going to be playing with. So, you know, you you just got me excited thinking about that, actually. You know, I think, you know, this might be, be you know, uh, a great pickup for Golden State if you think about it. Yeah, because there's a huge difference between playing with three or four guys in the paint 
and then playing with one guy in the paint. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, there's just, there's just a huge difference. Like when you're driving down, we're driving downhill, something that Wiggins is, could be like extraordinarily good at, but he just settles for a lot of, a lot of three point shots and a lot of mid range twos. You know, I think his, I think he can excel really the best. He is going downhill and actually attacking the basket. And when you're playing with guys like Steph, you know, and Clay, yeah. and, and whoever Golden State puts around them, put, puts around them, you're going to have like tons of open space to be able to create, to be able to be innovative, mm-hmm. and get to the rim and show off your athletic ability and show off your talent, right. you know, and be able to produce for them. So if that's if he's able to do that, then I think he'll be a match made in heaven. But like I said before, it's all about you know, what's going to be able to motivate Andrew Wiggins. And that's, and that's what people have been trying to figure out for the past however many years in his career now. No question. I'm, this is not exactly trade, but I'm curious what you guys are. Do you know anything about Leon Rose? Apparently he's uh, going to be the new president of the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's from yeah. uh, an age, another mm-hmm. agent, uh, CAA, one of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest agents in the game. He was Carmelo's agent. Hmm. Bunch of people. Okay. Um, and I guess the Knicks are... Is, reportedly going the way I mean that's the wave right now in the NBA uh Golden State Bob Myers was a was a former agent mm. uh Rob Palenka with the, with the Lakers was Kobe's agent among right. among others um oh, you know so that so it's kind of like the wave and you know just like everybody it's a copycat league just like NFL we talk about NBA you know this seems to have worked uh you know agents have player relations if you want to bring Great players. All these agents have dealt with great, you know, the, that caliber of player, and I guess supposedly have these players trust. So, um, you know, we'll see. That's that's the that's the rumor, and also that he's going to bring along uh, a, a worldwide West mm. um, to uh, to help him. And he's he's a legend in the game in terms of uh, his connections to coaches and players. Mm. So uh, we'll see. Um, they made they made a speaking of the Knicks, they made a good trade. Um, they got rid of uh, Marcus Morris, and they got a first-round pick, a late first-round pick from the Clippers. They get back Mo Harkless, who's a, who's actually a local product. I think he's mm. from Queens. Um, they get him back. I feel bad for him because he, he was on the Clippers and was probably looking forward to trying to win a championship. Right. Man, the right. Even I don't care if it's home or not. You're not right. really, and you're in L.A. It's not a bad place to be. But yep. anyway, so I feel bad for you, Mo. Um, you know, hope hope uh, hope everything works out. But uh, they got rid of Marcus Morris, who they had on a one-year contract, and they're able to flip that. And the Scott Perry is is the interim um, president right now. He took over, you know, after oh, Steve okay. Mills was fired. Scott Perry, who I think has done a great job in the draft, and you could tell he has an eye for talent. I thought this was a very good trade that had to be done. You, you have no, you, you know, the Knicks are they're not the worst team. Like you, it's Golden State is the worst team in the league right now. The Knicks are you know like third or fourth worst, like sixteen wins, something like that. So you're not going anywhere, going anywhere this year. So there was no reason at all to hold on to some guy you only have a one year contract with, who who other teams you know value. Right. So you get rid of you get rid of him. The Clippers wanted you know some uh, scorer uh, that could help them in the stretch run, and the Knicks are able to get another pick. I think uh, now they have seven first-round picks in the next four years. So whoever comes in next, whether it's you know Leon Rose, whoever, um, you have something to work with here. Believe it or not, I actually, I actually think that um, the Leon Rose, like you like you alluded to, you know the Leon Rose you know selection by the Knicks is just you know just being a copycat league. You know you're trying to get the next guy that's able to you know 
forge his relationship with players and be able to make New York a desired destination for, for, for free agents again because it's like that. You know, there's back in the day where, like, everybody wanted to play in the biggest market. Now that's not the case, especially with the turmoil that James Dolan has put that franchise through. Um, so you're looking for somebody that's going to be able to build those relationships and build those um, connections with those players. I, on the other hand, would have much rather see them go with Masai Ujiri. Mm. Um, right. I would I would love to see them try to tough try get to though. Yeah, because the Raptors are doing yeah. well. Tough, very tough get. Yeah, very tough get. Very very tough get. I understand that, but when you're the Knicks, I feel like you need somebody to that caliber to right. come in and completely restructure the program. Um, I look at it like kind of how Alabama football made its resurgence mm. back when they were going through all those losing seasons back in the early 2000s. Right. And then in 2007, you bring, you, you got to bring in a big gun, Like you got to do whatever it takes to bring in that top, that top guy that's going to be able to completely strip everything down and restructure the organization the way it needs to be run. And so and Alabama did that with Nick Saban. And I think the Knicks should have done that with um, Masai Ujiri as well, if you could have found a way to get him, you know. Right. Um, but just some, some top executive like that, who you know has had, who has done this, who has had the experience and knows how to build this thing from the ground up. And so that's what I feel they should have done. No, I agree. I mean, it's hard to argue. Hope, you know, hopefully they threw some money at, it, at his, you know, his way. They would also have to get, have – to give up some sort of compensation, whether it be draft picks or something like that. Maybe they didn't want to do that. Um, but I agree with you. Time, you know, desperate yeah, times call for des- desperate measures. No question about it. Yeah. So we'll see exactly. what the Knicks do. I have a question for you guys. This is away from NBA. The XFL starts this weekend. Mm. Are you all watching? Are we excited? Not so excited? <laughs> nah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Probably not. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm probably not watching the XFL. I'm not. I'm probably not. You know, yeah, I agree. At, at I worst, agree. At, at best, it's probably going to be. It might be on my TV while I'm over there doing laundry or some other crap. You know what I mean? But I'm not <laughs> watching the XFL. I'm not paying attention to the XFL right now, at least. No, I'm I'm with you. I, you know, I haven't really been thinking about. It. I I know what's going on. I know they have games. I think Saturday or Sunday uh, this weekend. Uh, we're taping on a Friday early afternoon, by the way. But um. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying like if something crazy happens in the XFL, if they if they make if if they make some news uh, this weekend, or you know, if I if I hear word of mouth or hear some buzz about it, I might check it out next week. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm, there's no kind of excitement running through my veins for the for the XFL. I mean, they've tried. Yeah, this is like the second go round. Second go round. You know, I didn't watch it the first time. <laughs> um, I mean, I may have you know I may have peeped, exactly. peeped for like a couple minutes here or there, but yeah. I, you know, I didn't watch it the first time. I don't. I don't see myself. Yeah, I'm watching just it. really not excited about watching this. Yeah. I'm just really not excited about watching the XFL. I'm really not. Right. Like I'm really not. Like I feel like I'm good. Like I feel like you know. <laughs> right, I, right, I right. know that America is a real. I know America is like a real football country. Like I understand that. Like you know, but I'm, but I'm good right now, especially right after the Super Bowl. Right. Like I, like I'm good. You know what I mean? Like right. let everything settle in. Right. And then, you know, maybe around, maybe you start the XFL around like, you know, April-ish, mm-hmm. you know, April-ish, you know, maybe play in the summer when people are really starting to crave yeah, football during, during, again. During maybe. baseball. And we don't watch baseball anymore. So, yeah. Exactly. yeah, no one watches baseball. So. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to get hate mail, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I have to be, I'm fascinated. They have a, I don't know if what's the deal for the NFL, but XFL, I think there's a rule that they're not going to, there are no felons allowed. 
We're an XFL. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, really? I, 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 but yet they're not going to test for marijuana. Well, that's fine. I like that. Yeah. I like that part of it. I mean, yeah, you don't want to criminalize yeah. people for, for, for marijuana. That's fine. The NFL should follow that that rule. Yeah. Um, that, so in of... fact, we're talking about baseball. Baseball has taken uh, marijuana off of the banned substance list. Really? Yeah. So that's, good that, that's good news. You're right. Yeah. Um, but, I'm, but I'd be shocked if there are no felons in the XFL. I mean, how else, how else are they going to put a league together? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just like, who? Why that rule? It's weird to me. Anyway, anyway, uh, Donovan, thank you very much for joining us. We got, we definitely got to have you back on yes. very soon. Talk about some more basketball. See, I'm in basketball mode Definitely. right now. I don't need the XFL need, right now. Okay. I'm good. We got college basketball about to heat up. We got exactly. NBA about to heat up. Right. You know, so I'm good for mm-hmm. now. I'm good All for this, now. yeah. But, yeah, Donovan, thanks again for joining us. Roden Fellow alum, North Carolina A&T grad, uh, ESP, uh, ESPN contributor. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we'll talk soon and uh, be safe out there. Yes, sir. Thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, right. Donovan. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 million slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. All right, Aaron, what, what else is going on? What, what did we miss before we get out of here? We got to talk about Super Bowl. Super, yes, I mean, I know, it's, I know it's a week out, but mm-hmm. a week later. It does, it does right? I'm, I was, like, thinking about the Super Bowl where we should talk about it I'm like in today's day and age the, like the news cycle it feels like if, if if something happened like two days ago it's like such old news right, like, even oh. the Super Bowl yeah right but it's no we, but we haven't talked about it uh, on Bros Pod you know we haven't been on since the Super Bowl which was just Sunday which is just crazy. Sunday um, but Mahomes got it done got it done Kansas City gets the gets the Super Bowl ring um, uh, Reed wait wait did you see during their um the the parade, they were throwing uh, balls, I, and some guy like ran into a pole. I did see that. And Patrick, he's so he's so nice. He was like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Great guy. I saw him. I saw him. Uh, you know, catch a beer too. Catch a beer. Oh, did he? Open it, chug it. You know, he did, he, he did some Texas Tech uh, old college stuff right there. He, you know, he right. got it in him. He still got it. Yeah, he still got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the field, he did his thing. Uh, MVP. Uh, you know, he struggled first half a little bit. You know, people. Yeah. I think people are overblowing. Like, like he people were expecting so much of him that they were like, "Oh, he played terribly most of the game." I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. He threw a pick or two, um, but he was still a threat. Obviously, the entire game, and then he came through when it matters most. I mean, that's what the the legends do. That's like a Montana type mo- moment. You know what I'm saying? So um, he got it done. Uh, they win. I think it was 31-20. Yeah. Uh, they, they beat San Fran. Garoppolo didn't get it done. To me, to me, was the best quarterback. The best quarterback won that game. Yeah, it came down to that for me. Um, what do you think about the folks who say it was Shanahan who actually lost the game? That he kind of yeah. I mean, everybody's been saying it. I think you know people, people and people jump on that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it becomes like a whole 
you know, one person says it, everybody, you know. When I, when I was watching the game, I get it. There were some curious decisions by Shanahan. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's football. I mean, you, you're going to agree with some decisions and you won't. I, I do think that I was like, it was weird to me at the end of the first half that he ran out the clock or he started to run out the clock instead of trying to get more points in the first half and, you know, and then changing his mind almost like midway through when they got one big gain. Um, so, yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't think it was Shanahan's best day for sure. And, and it's, it comes on the heels of him blowing, you know, being, a def, uh, being the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when, when uh, uh, Brady and the Patriots came back from a 28-3 deficit. Right. So this is, you know, he's been here before in a different capacity and it's not, it hasn't looked great for him. So, yeah, I mean, he, I've, I, he takes the blame. You know, yeah. Garoppolo has to take some of the blame. And just the fact that Kansas City was the better team. Let's just be honest. Like, Kansas City had a better offense. Um, and their defense played better than people thought. So uh, Kansas City gets it done, and it's the third uh, black quarterback, right, to win a Super Bowl, um, Mahomes is. So, uh, Wait, who are the other two? The other two, uh, Russell Wilson and Doug. and Doug Williams. So cool. You know? So, and, and, like, you know, we, we've been talking about it all year. That's, this is number three. I'm pretty, pretty soon we'll be able to stop talking about it because I think this is not, you know, it's going to continue to happen, either from Mahomes or or you know other there are, there's a huge pipeline yes um, that we saw this year the the undefeated dubbed it uh, the year of the black quarterback and yeah. it turned out to be the case now and I think that there's a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson for next year he's the yeah. unanimous MVP yeah there is you oh. know because um, you know we'll give him a, we'll give him a pass you know he's a young kid it was like basically this was his first full year so you know losing in the playoffs it happens to the best of them um, but. You know, so but next year there will be some some pressure on him to to not let the same thing happen. Uh, guess who we have on the line now, Aaron? Hey now, <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up, Bill? <laughs> we got we got they got the host of the show on the air on the Did line you with us. That? That was on his own show. Wow, what's up, that? <laughs> What's up, Bill? Hey man, it's good. Glad y'all holding it down. Y'all in the studio? Yeah, yes. yeah, we're in the studio. All right. Hey, Aaron. Hey, hey, Bill. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. You know, I just uh, finished getting off my three-hour class mm. with the uh, students at Arizona State, and actually, John X. Miller was on the uh, was uh, spoke to the class for half an hour. How was it? Yeah, it was good. He was good. That's you know? good. That's good. You know, he compared the millennials that I'm teaching uh, with the millennials in our program, the Roden Fellows. Ah, yep. And he talked about Donovan Dooley. Who's doing a piece about your alma mater, uh, 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 Jamal, North Carolina A and T leaving the MEAC for a white conference? Uh, follow the money. Follow the money. Get that money. You know. Get, Is this the beginning of the end, man? Must be because didn't was it Hampton that left? Was it? Yeah, Hampton. Hampton left yeah, the, uh, last year. So yeah, I mean, you know, and you're going and let's be honest, you're going to a better, uh, higher caliber conference in sports wise. You know, in terms of the other teams in the conference, so you're only, I mean, it's just, I guess, I mean, they're still an HBCU. They just won't be all in the same league, you know? I think this is a bigger deal than Hampton because, you know, I'm not, I think Hampton is okay, but, uh, you know, North Carolina A&T, they, I mean. I agree with that. They're really good, especially <laughs> football. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense to me. And actually, well, we what do, do you think, Aaron, as a Howard grad, do you think, what do you think about this? I think they want. It sounds like they want harder competition, 
and I can't blame them for leaving, but it, it, it makes me wonder who else is going to follow. Um, and it, it is a bit sad. Like, does this mean that there won't be a celebration bowl? Good question. Well, that's a great question. We probably have John X. Miller on the show. Right. Or I guess, I guess there still will be a celebration bowl, just in cat. Won't be there. Hey, 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 no, Toronto, Auntie won't be. What about the world's greatest homecoming? See that? Well, that's not going. That's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. No, I don't care what what uh, conference they're in. They, right. they, they ain't going nowhere. You know, that's the thing. And you know, they could all still still agree to play each other. You know, that's part of it too. Like you know, they could be especially in basketball, football. You know, tighter schedules. You don't have that many extra games. But in basketball, you could. They could definitely make sure that they are still all play each other. Right. You know, so well, I don't know. We'll you see. have you have different teams now, right? No, I mean different conference teams, but I mean like outside of conference, you could still play. How you know A and T could still play just schedule a Howard game or something like that. Right. I guess Why you can't play everybody, that? you know, or the true you know just the true rivals, just to keep the rivalries going. Right. Well, if they want to do that, they wouldn't leave. Yeah. Maybe that's a new rival, some white rival. <laughs> like, I mean, the teams are going to probably be still all black. No, that's true. That's true. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. But, Bill, so earlier, uh, you know, we started this show off talking about, you know, friend of the show, Gail King. She had the big interview uh, yesterday or two, day, two days ago uh, with Lisa Leslie, where she talked about uh, Kobe Bryant and, you know, and, her, and Lisa Leslie's relationship with Kobe Bryant. And she brought up, uh, obviously, the, 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 uh, the rape allegations with with Lisa Leslie and and she got a whole lot of pushback um, from mostly black people and black men, uh, uh, and you know incensed that she that she would even bring up the topic, uh, you know, with Lisa Leslie and even and some would say she might have harped on the, harped on it a little bit, um, and you know and then Snoop Dogg came out and and you know put a meme out with. With uh, you know the picture of of um, Gail with uh, Weinstein and and you know saying that she doesn't she, you know her and Oprah are just out to attack black men and that's all the, and they they hang out, they hang out with white guys and attack black men and they're the they're the enemy pretty much right and she mm. and it obviously affected Gail because she came out and 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 put a video on Instagram in response saying listen you guys didn't. You know, you guys didn't listen to the whole interview. It's CBS put out just the salacious part of it. You know, I I am a big time supporter of black black men and and Kobe even. You know, she mentioned how she, you know, she she loved Kobe as a person yeah. and and all that. She's been very. You know, they covered. Yeah, I saw, I saw the Instagram thing. In fact, I called Gail. I didn't leave a message, but here's a news flash. Mm-hmm. You know. Gail, Gail is a journalist. Right. You know, right. Right. Flash, everybody. <laughs> Gail is a world-class journalist. Right. You know, uh, and that's what she does. You know, she had the big interview with... with uh, R. What's Kelly. What's the guy's name? R. Kelly. Step in the name of... What's his name? R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly. Right. <laughs> you know, and she kind of, you know, had a... It was a phenomenal interview and she asked this guy the tough questions right. and sat right there as he went off right you know gail gail king is a um you know she is a a journalist and that's her job and um frankly the first day i was on her show uh, the, when i think kobe was 
when did he die? He died on a Sunday. Right. Yeah. And I was on the show on a Monday. And, you know, it wasn't easy, but you have to bring that up, you know, that this is all part of his legacy. You know, um, all the great stuff, but that's all part of the legacy. And, you know, to all you guys, Snoop Dogg, if you don't want the shit to bring up, don't do it. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Well, right. You know? say it again it, for the it, people it, in the back, Bill. <laughs> Uh, so I said, say it again for the people in the back. Yeah, if you if you don't want that shit to be part of your legacy, the rape and all this shit, these drugs and all that, then don't do it. Right. Think of your legacy before you do f up shit. Right. You know, you know if you don't want that, if you don't want your, you know, if you don't want, and I asked this question to Marion Jones and everybody's been involved in stuff, think about this stuff and think about your children and what they're going to be Googling of you, you know, when they're like 20, 21 years old. Think about it before you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, then don't get mad at Gail King for when we're talking about the legacy and all that, bringing up what's all part of the record. You know, so, you know, and uh, that's why we're journalists. That's what you do. I mean, we're black people first. Right. But we're also journalists, and this is all part of our legacy. Don't do f up stuff if you do not want it to be brought up. Right. Well, you know, Gail... What do you think about that? I agree. Yeah. And she, you know, she was also pretty vocal. She did. She was unhappy, and she blamed CBS for, the, uh, for, for posting right. this salacious clip. Um, and I was telling Jamal, I don't think... You know, I think CBS was doing what I think... I don't think they were crazy for they they chose a clip that they thought was going to get the most eyeballs they were not wrong but it sounded like that one was just very triggering and and very controversial for people which i it wasn't even that controversial like she she the question was like kobe bryant's past is complicated was it complicated for you like it's not anyway it was she didn't ask them like what you know? Did he rape her or not? Like it wasn't like that. Yeah, what did you think? How could you still be his friend? I mean, yeah, it wasn't. But what do you think? But what do you think about like the root of this? Like all, like where, like all these 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 black men who like are just resentful of of the fact that you know Cosby and and uh, R. Kelly and Michael Jackson and then they're like you know I've had people tell me talk to me like whoa what about you know all these people in jail. You know they're go- they're only going after the black people, and you know what about Weinstein? What's up with him? Like he's still walking around. I'm like, well, you know, he has a trial. He's in a trial right now. Um, but you know, but you get you kind of get you kind of get a little bit of it where it comes from. It, it's go- it's gone way overboard. Right. But you kind of get a little bit of the frustration of black people. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly a double standard. We all know that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why it is complex because if you're in the media. And, I mean, you know, heck, man, I like Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, he, you know, he, I've interviewed him, he called, you know, and all that. But when this stuff kind of comes up, you're like, whoa, you know. Right. Um, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think if anybody, whether it's Snoop Dogg or whoever else, ask it if that was your sister, mm-hmm. if that was your mother, mm-hmm. if that was your wife. Mm-hmm. That was on the wrong side of that with Cosby and anybody else. Would you still be out there, you know, pointing fingers? Right. Right. Or would you? You know, I mean, just ask that. All you gotta do is ask that. If that was your sister, if 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 it was your sister who's in the hotel with Kobe, mm-hmm. you know, and it was her, would you like be you know doing what you're doing today? You right. know, I think you'd still be mourning, and you would be happy that 
you know, he moved on with his life, but would you be, you know, would you still... Would, would you be trying to, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, would you try you to know? erase it from history as if it never happened or, right. or, or, you know, the, or the woman was lying? Because that's what you get a lot. Oh, and, you know, he, he wasn't convicted. She didn't testify. It, it wasn't true, pretty much. I'm hearing that a lot. Like, Which is, yeah. we all know just because something doesn't go to trial does not mean, it, it, we don't know what happened. And we won't ever know, as far as I know. Um, right. And I just, yeah. all we know is that he, there was a settlement and that uh, Kobe apologized. And I, as far as I know, the victim survivor has not said anything Right. Um, and there was, you know, there was, I hate to, you know, for the people that get mad when you, when you try to bring up what, what happened, you know, about Kobe. I mean, there was evidence. She had, you know, there was evidence that there were bruises and that kind of thing. Like, it wasn't pretty. He said that yeah. it wasn't, which he thought something was consensual that she did not. That was what his, his apology. And that happens. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean false accusation. It means, like, there was a, two people were involved and they didn't agree on what was going on. Like, right. Which, and there was a whole generation of guys, and they knew it. Snoop Dogg is all of them a part of it. In the generation that no doesn't always mean no, mm-hmm. you know, right. the, the, the generation of black men who grew up, a no doesn't always mean no. She's just waiting for you to keep going, and you know, and oh yeah, no means yes or not, you know, and that's over. Right. Well, right. it. I mean, hopefully, right. it's over. Right. right. And you know, in 90, um, 2003, when it happened, I mean, we were still evolving. I mean, we're still evolving, but I s- certainly feel like we weren't there. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I wish, you know, that we could just celebrate his life, but don't jump on Gail King. Right. right. You know, cause doing her job. Right. You know, doing her job well. Well, you, you know, know um, and it's st- a lot of it stems from. Because I was seeing all this stuff, all the vitriol that she's getting right now, Oprah was getting, you know, yeah. when, you, when you're on the internet and you see, you know, even black Twitter, um, you know, comments, Oprah, Oprah's been getting this same type of vitriol for, for the past year or so because she, she was a part of the Michael Jackson documentary, I think. Or, oh, I didn't know that. Right? You know, or, one of, you know, like, or, you know, she was part of it in some way. She co-signed it, and then she was supposed to be involved in a Russell Simmons right. documentary. And she bowed out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, right. she, and she ended up bowing out, but she didn't say she 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 said specifically, she, "I'm not bang, bowing out because I don't believe, believe the women right. who saying this happened to Russell Simmons." But there are some things that you know I wanted I wanted control, right? And I don't have control, so I'm bowing out. Which you know, is- but like I, I'm seeing all this stuff on the internet with Oprah. Before this Gail King thing happened, like, oh, Oprah hates black men, and Oprah, she's always going after black men, and they were doing the same thing. They have pictures of her with Weinstein smiling. You know what I mean? So so it's this whole thing, like, she's getting, they're getting this this vitriol from part, you know, segments of the black community. And can you, Gail wasn't even being critical, but can you not be... Be critical and still also care about black men. Like certainly there are there are there are black women who don't like black men. It can't it can't be possibly that if if you only you can only ever say nice things about people, and and that you know like I just especially and and just because they're dead is like oh we don't speak ill of the dead. I'm not speaking ill. I'm speaking the facts. And I th- I, yeah, I don't and know. I, I, she's she's compassionate. Yeah, and I, I mean, again I'm I'm strong again. I, I don't know Oprah. Right. I do know Gail. Right. And that, that's what I'm speaking about. Yeah. Right. My my lane is narrow. Right. 
you know, and it's about Gail King as a journalist, as right. a fellow, you know, world class journalist. Said it's a, it's a, being in a complex position, a tough position, um, and you know what did say at, at the uh, what did they say at Caesar's funeral? The evil men do live after them. The good is often interred in their bones. Yeah, you know, and that that happens, you know, and, and I think that the stuff with Kobe was largely overwhelmingly laudatory, and his daughter and mm. family and all that. I think there is a lot of that outpouring, and it's going to continue to be at the All Star Game and. Right. You know, all that stuff. But, it, again, it kind of goes back to if you're a black celebrity and you do some effed up stuff, don't do it. Right. And don't do it and don't expect me to talk about how great a guy or a woman you You know, if you did this stuff. Right. Don't do it. You have a choice to do it and not do it. Right. You know, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. You can't, say, you can't say any better than that. So I guess we should move on. <laughs> I, I wanted to say something somewhat related. I was telling, I was re- telling Jamal earlier that um, something that I – um, really appreciated. I mean, of course, it's uh, very sad to see that Kobe died, but I was so taken aback by how much love men were showing to other men, especially black men to black men. I mean, it just, um, you know, LeBron got the tattoos. There was just so so many hugs and so many like, beautiful words shared. And I just feel like, I mean, it, it's, I don't know about you, I've just never seen, I mean, men, Black men are being incredibly emotive right now, and it's not just black men. But I just, I just think that's really well, special. Well, you're right. To see. We don't really do that enough with each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very special. You know, we don't really, you know, hug each other. A lot of times we're just battling each other. Right. Rob Blinka said his soul was a part of his soul was amputated. Like, I mean, that's very graphic, but also like, wow, like a, that's so big for I think a man to say about another man. Maybe I'm wrong, especially hetero. I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're just breaking it down. No, okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> if he was gay, I'd be better. I mean, that'd be more no, no. I just, I just, I just don't see. Honestly, I don't see many heterosexual black men doing that to each other. I hear you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I'm saying kudos. I just wish it wasn't for this, you know, for death. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, wish we could just be like that with each other more. Right. Right. While we're on Earth, is to, um, you know, you know, just respect the. I guess because it's so competitive, and you think for black men is or black people, you know, you got all this filthy wealth in this country with all these white people, with all this wealth, mm-hmm. and what they often do is just break off a little crumbs and say, okay, this is for the black people. Right. You know, we're gonna have X number of black, you know, billionaires, X number, you know, and so we're all kind of you know, scrambling for that to be on Noah's Ark. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to be one of the unicorns, you know. Right. And so maybe that creates that kind of competition. But the big picture is that we should really, you know, endeavor to cherish each other more. Right, and try to band so I'm, together. I'm for that. Yeah, and try to band together in other ways, too. Right. You know. Yeah. Just okay. really quickly, wanted to comment, um, the coronavirus, guys, it's big and it's affecting sports. Uh, the Tokyo, it's, you know, Tokyo Olympics is about six months away and the organizers are, are concerned. Mm. Um, they, uh, a bunch of international events have been either postponed or kind of just moved to different countries because if they were in or near around China, they've been moved. Like the indoor world championships has been postponed for a year. Wow. It's supposed to be wow. in, in Nanjing. Um, and I hear mm. Chinese athletes are, they're, they're like in isolation, like they're training just trying to be, you know, not as uh, impacted as little as possible, which, 
Yeah, so I just think it, mm. you'd be watching that. Yeah. Well, thank you for that global note. Anytime. <laughs> 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 you enjoy yeah, your weekend. Exactly. I'm about to go get a mask. I know. Here. But um, are you serious? Are you guys going to get masks? Are you going to get no. a mask, Aaron? I'm not. No, I'm not. I might. If I say. <laughs> <laughs> We go, when I'm on my yeah, way to Chicago right. for the All Star game, you might see me with a mask on. Oh, that's in, right. I'm drive to the All Star game. <laughs> I drove back from um, from uh, the Super Bowl. Cause I, I was thinking about that. A, just because you know, I just the idea of packing and right. had a couple of souvenirs. And then I thought about the coronavirus. I said, you know right. what? Screw that. And all those people <laughs> crowding into like the airport yeah. and sitting in coach and the, throwing the peanuts at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, man. No. No, no smart. I'd just rather be on the open road. Smart move. Smart yeah. Move. All right. So thanks again to Bill for joining his yes. own show. We love, we love when that happens. <laughs> we, love we love when the host that. comes on. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, got, we got Bill's, uh, we got to hear your opinion on, on, on the Gail King issue, which I thought was, yeah. was, uh, was big. And yes. You two, you two know each other for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked to Donovan Dooley earlier. Talked uh, trade deadline stuff, NBA trade deadline, a bunch of trades that happened. So we covered a lot of bases, talked a little Super Bowl, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, check us out on social media at Bros Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Bill Roden on Sports on Facebook. Uh, check, uh, leave a, a uh, give us five stars on yes. iTunes. I mean, that's no longer iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts. Oh, right. Give oh, us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave. Leave a note. And if you ask a question, you can ask a question. If you give us a five-star rating, please, please ask us a question, and we can, we'll read it on air and answer it for you uh, as a way, as a thank you for, for the rating. So we'll can be I back. Can ask you guys a question before we leave? Yes, ask, ask a question, Bill. You're the first have, question. Have, have, have you ever had a dream and, and you, you woke up with a dream and you just said, thank God that was just a dream? Yes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> while you while you had one of those recently, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Or you like wake up oh mad at somebody? God, this is like a dream. Oh yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank God. Yes, yeah. I've had those. Yes, <laughs> thank God. You're like worried or angry at somebody, and you're like, oh, it was a dream. Okay. Yeah, or it happened to mm. you. Something happened to you. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't real, right there. Thank you. Oh, brother. All right. Well, anyway, okay. All right. So we'll yeah check us out next week. Um, uh, we'll talk about whatever's going on. I'm sure something will be going on in sports. Uh, thank you for joining us. Another Bill Roden on Sports, and see you soon. Take care. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.